Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year, and we are in the book of Revelations. So we're in chapter 9 of Revelations, and we are also covering Ecclesiastes 5 and 6. So if you've stayed from the first chapter of Revelations, then you've seen the build-up and the um, some of the just the wow experience of being in the presence of God and the, the, just the image of everything has just been awesome. Now we're going to go into the dark stuff, the stuff that most people don't like and the reason people don't like to read the book of Revelation. So if you picked up chapter nine, if you picked up the Bible and you just read chapter nine, you would immediately close it and say, no, thank you. And I think another reason people don't like to, some people don't want to read Revelations is maybe they don't think that if they find out the darkness of the the possibilities of the things that are going to happen, um, they don't want to think of a God that could allow this to happen. So they'd rather just, um, you know, like a small child who doesn't want to think that anything other than that their parents are absolutely perfect and not saying that God's not perfect, but they may not understand the intention of why they're adult parents do whatever they do, whether it be working long hours and not being home or whatever. So the child doesn't fully grasp the big picture, right? And so that's common. Or the stuff's just scary and people don't want to read it for that reason. So we're going to read chapter nine together. It's not that long, um, but you're going to have tons of questions and you're not going to have the answers. You're not going to feel like you're satisfied with the answers because you're just going to be left with questions. And that's okay. Allow those questions to marinate in your mind and in your spirit and in your soul. Because what your spirit needs, it's going to get. When your mind starts to doubt and logic, that's where faith comes in. If everything was sugar-coated in this Bible, then what's the point of faith, really? But there's got to be, and we know the mysteries of God, so that God has the mysteries. And that's why we read the Bible. And that's why people can read it over and over and over, because it's feeding your spirit. Um, okay, here we go. The fifth angel. So we already talked about the fourth angels who did some, who blew the trumpet and a lot of destruction came on the earth. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss, to the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of a scorpion of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their forehead. They were not allowed to kill them. Okay, so they came down. They were, oh, okay. So you might wonder, well, what, what are these locusts? In other parts of the Bible, the locusts have been referenced to like these spiritual beings. So demons, yep, it's a description of a demon. Um, and they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plants or trees, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, 
but only to torture them for five months. So if someone didn't really read this carefully, they'd be like, ooh, scary, we're going to be tortured. Well, no, only the people who don't have the seal of God on their forehead. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You can def. Okay. I'm just going to keep reading because there's so much to be said here because there are people living alive and, and in such darkness and so of the world that are in this position. They're suffering. They're, they, they want to die. Crazy. So yes, we think it's just a moment in the future, but you can also see windows of people that are experiencing these things now. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle on their heads, and they were something like they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like woman's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails like stingers like scorpions, and in their tails, they had power to torment people for five months. Again, questions. I don't know why five months. Maybe we can ask God when we get to heaven. They had a king, they had as a king over them, the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew was Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, Apollon, and that means the destroyer. The first woe is past. Two other woes were yet to come. That's an interesting sentence. Um, the sixth angel, remember they said, woe, woe, woe. I think he said three woes. Anyways, that was in a previous chapter. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel, it said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river of Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mountain troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. That's a, that's, like a number you can't comprehend. Um, you think about, you can easily just pass this, but wait, Euphrates, what was around there? Israel. That's where the, that's, basically, that's where the tribe, the, the 12 tribes were in the land of Israel, current day Israel area. I'm, I don't know how much of the surrounding area, but certainly Israel. And I have to be honest, I'm trying to do these podcasts to not really, so that they're evergreen. You can listen to them year after year after year. And because the Bible doesn't change, but I got to tell you, it is 2023 right now. And Israel was attacked this October, um, which also tells you that I'm a little bit behind on these, but I am catching up. But um, Israel was attacked and a lot of people think that it's a current day battle. But because we have been in the Bible so consistently, we know it's not a current day battle. It is a spiritual battle. And um, if you look at where Gaza is, it's right up, 
It's right at that mouth between where the Philistines lived and the Israelites lived. Uh, and yes, Palestines sound very much like Philistines. Yes, those are things you just notice. Um, I'm not going to say much about that other than, um, oh, the other interesting thing is that many of these kingdoms have come and went. Um, they have rose up and then they've been destroyed, you know, like um, Babylon and Assyria or those kingdoms. But Israel has never been destroyed. But yet there have been nations who are constantly trying to destroy Israel. An area that's about the size of New Jersey. Does that make any sense? Or is it biblical? Are we dealing with a spiritual war still today? Because Satan is the same back then as he is today. And the Bible is real. It's so relevant. It's so timely. I'm just saying, just be aware and be, just kind of just be like, okay. Because here we're referencing the Euphrates River and that's the whole area. Okay, let's finish chapter nine. The horses and riders, okay, wait, wait, wait. The number of, okay, horses and riders. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of the lions and out of their mouths came fire, smoke and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by three plagues of fire smoke and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads with which they inflicted injury. Okay, this part's important. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, and stone and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. So one, we could say, well, it was only the people who didn't have the seal of God on their forehead. And then those people, only a certain amount were tortured, but then they were destroyed and they didn't repent, right? They were destroyed, right, 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 right. Um, um, I'm going to go back and read that, but basically, otherwise they were tortured for five months. Okay. They did not repent of what? Worshiping demons. And you could say, well, I don't do that. Idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone. I don't do that. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders. Well, I definitely don't do that. Their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their theft. They needed to repent and they didn't. And we might say, well, we don't do that. Or do we? Magic arts, sexual immorality, worshiping, putting other things before God. Hmm. Well... I don't know. Okay, let's see. Now we are on Ecclesiastes 5 and 6. Again, I'm going to read because summarizing Ecclesiastes is really hard. Okay, number 5 of chapter 5. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Excellent. 
um, honoring, being very reverent when you go to church, when you're in the presence of God, not just the building of the church, but being in the presence of God. So go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. A dream comes when there are many cares and many words mark the speech of a fool. So dreams, a peaceful sleep is one where you barely remember your dreams or you have sweet dreams. When you have disturbed dreams, that means there's some anxiety in your mind. There's something occupying your mind. An occupied mind will give you heavy dreams, uncomfortable, stressful dreams. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools fulfilling. Um, um, do not let your... It is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should I, God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. Okay. Verse 8. If you see the poor oppressed in a district injustice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things. For one official is eyed by a higher one, and over them both are others higher still. The increase from the land is taken by all the king himself profits from the fields. Now remember, this is King Solomon. So he, he has a very unique perspective when he talks about these things. And he has wisdom, more wisdom than anybody. Whoever loves money never has enough. Well, he should know. He had all the money in the world. Well, I mean, not all the money in the world, but the richest, wealthiest man ever. Whoever loves money is, has never enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. A, as good increases, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner except to feast their eyes on them? The sleep of a labor is sweet, whether they eat little or much, but as, the, as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. So I would assume that is referencing somebody who works is diligent and doesn't have a lot of stress on their mind or it doesn't have the woes and the worries of the world heavy on them somebody rich maybe not just in wealth but in blessings or just in um well maybe it is wealth it, yeah very much so it could be wealth as well but as the rich their abundance permits them no sleep so they stress about things but someone could be wealthy and have sweet dreams because they don't stress about what things. And then someone could be rich and stress about things and not be able to sleep well. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners or wealth lost through some misfortune. Ouch. Wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners and wealth lost through some misfortune. So that when they have children, there is nothing left from for them to inherit. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. This, too, is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, so they depart, and what they gain, since they toil for the wind, 
All their days they eat in darkness with great frustration and affliction and anger. Ouch. Okay. This is what I observe to be good. That it is appropriate for a person to eat, drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun. During the few days of life God has given them. For this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. So good, right? Okay, I could talk more on that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to read chapter six so we don't make this an hour-long episode. I have seen another evil under the sun, and it weighs heavy on mankind. God gives some people wealth, possession, and honor, so that they can lack nothing their heart desires. But God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them, and strangers enjoy them instead. This is a meaningless, is meaningless, a grievous evil. A man may have a hundred children and live many years, yet no matter how long he lives, if he cannot enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. It comes without meaning, it departs in darkness, and in darkness its name is shrouded. Though it never saw the sun or knew anything, it has more rest than does the man. That, that man, even if he lives a thousand years twice over, but fails to enjoy his prosperity... Do not all go to the same place. And prosperity, yes, it's possessions, it's wealth, um, it's blessings, it's children, it's people, it's health. People, basically it's saying, stop taking things for granted. Stop taking things for granted. And if you live in the United States, you're blessed. You're wealthy, 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 compared to most of the world. And yet we think we're not wealthy because we're comparing it to, there's always going to be someone more wealthy, more successful, higher, whatever. Always. That's the reality. And we're comparing ourselves to that person instead of finding joy in what we have and blessings from what we have. Taking things for granted. Everyone's toil is for their mouth, yet their appetite is never satisfied. What advantage have the wise over the fools? What do their poor gain by knowing how to conduct themselves before others? Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. This too is meaningless, a chasing after wind. Whatever exists has already been named, and what humanity is has been known. No one can contend with someone who is stronger. The more the words, the less the meaning. And how does that profit anyone? For who knows what is good for a person in life during the few and meaningless days they pass through like a shadow. Who can tell them what will happen under the sun after they are gone? So it's definitely a chapter on reflection and a perspective, a unique perspective. And King Solomon, he has the right to have this perspective. He was the wealthiest man in the world. So there you have it, my friends. <laughs> Barely staying under 20 minutes for this episode. This was Ecclesiastes 5 and 6 and Revelations 9. Make it a great day.